You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The correct Jordan Hurst Stadium time is 4.16 Central Daylight Time. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. Your digital audio device is tuned to the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeandmagnolia.com. I am Son of Crow, at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, at Son of Crow on Venmo. You can call me Drew, if you want to, or Crow. I'm not going to be as anonymous anymore, I don't think. To one side of me, the rumor monger, Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for Scoreboard Oregon. I just want to take a second to congratulate Chief here on Tennessee losing to Georgia State. How did that make you feel, Chief? Great. <laughs> the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR, a man Ryan just introduced, a man of taste, a man who really doesn't like Jeremy Pruitt, AU Chief. War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody. War Eagle, gentlemen. Before we get to the Oregon game, though, which, spoiler alert, Auburn won on the last second play. Don't, don't ruin it spoiler alert. <laughs> if, you so, haven't, if you're getting your Auburn news from this podcast, you are in the wrong spot. Maybe somebody didn't watch the game just so they could hear us tell them and about And this the is the only thing? <laughs> wow. If that's the case, then, well, I'm so sorry. Come on the show. <laughs> yeah, Bodegetta. All right, so, content on collegeofmag.com. Everyone's favorite segment, Boom Roasted, is back. It's an award-winning segment, right? Award yeah. They won a Cammy last year, which, if you've got nominations for the Cammies, uh, please help me out. Hashtag Cammy, C-A-M-M-Y, and at me, at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter. Have and you been keeping track of the ones? That, I think no, we've mentioned I mean, them a couple kind times. kind of, but, but it's not easy to do. Okay. You know if you had like a notes on your phone yeah. to kind of set up for it. It really is going to be whoever has the best comments in December. Anyway. It's a, it's a recency. Sort of yeah, thing. I have a huge recency bias when it comes to that. Uh, boom Roasted, great week-long segment. You've got AU Nerd Film Studies coming back up this week. The position group grade voting. Now, Ryan, what is that? Explain so what we're going to do is... And how am I involved? What do I have to do? <laughs> okay. What we're going to do is on the site, uh, each week we're going to put up just a post for you to vote on how each position group did. Just uh-huh. A, B, C, D, F. <clears throat> And I think that'll probably come up uh, Sundays after the game. Yeah. Just vote on it. We'll kind of track it throughout the year. Uh, I'm not totally sure what we're going to do with it, but it might be fun. You should cough directly into the mic. Yeah, yeah. We're all I'll, sick. I'll, I'll work yeah. better on it. Yeah. We're, we're all sick here, so uh, sorry. So every week I need to do what? Great. You're going to give me a position and I'm going to say Yeah, it. so we, what we might do with the staff is just have somebody be responsible for each position group. So I don't I know. Went, we'll see. I want deep snapper. Holder and kicker. Can I have flanker? Three. I want you got to at least call it the, the right position. It's a long snapper. Can I, can I have oh, sorry. <laughs> flanker or a split end? Yeah, flanker, split end, wing back. Wing. All right, Survivor Pool Blood Week. It really was the Blood Week of Survivor Pool. I am already out. 
Last year, I got at least into the SEC play. I got at least week six before I was out. I think this over, year, week one. I think over half the people that uh, are in it this year are already out. I didn't put an official comment in. Stupid so. South out. Carolina. I guess I'm out. I, I did, in the first quarter of the Texas A&M game, say I'm if ask if it was too late to take Texas A&M. But, uh, well, you right. couldn't take Texas A&M anyway. It's got to be oh. a P5 opponent. Oh. Uh-huh. P5, P5. And, uh, future Auburn opponent, North Carolina, laid the wood against South yeah. Carolina. Let me tell you, I uh, did not expect that for a number of reasons. One, because that roster is terrible at North Carolina. And, and they've got Mac Brown. Oh, well, yeah, Mac Brown. I think it's... Pretty clear Will Muschamp might be going after this year after losing that game. Yeah, I, had, I think I had them going 4-8 this year, and I'm feeling mighty good Guys, about that prediction. There is a universe. I know there's people listening to this podcast who hate Gus Malzahn. There is a universe where Will Muschamp is our coach, and that is a terrible universe. Oh, it's a real bad universe. And it's a real universe that would have happened, like, would have happened. I, I, a friend of mine really believes that if... We were to fire Gus Malzahn. We will get Will Muschamp, and it'll be the worst decision that has ever. I think at this point, oh, the, uh, the shine is. I, I is hope off that one. I hope. My, I think, I think, I think he'll come back to, for round four of uh, defensive coordinator. I think he'll go the three, way of Bobby Petrino, where it's just uh, never going to happen. Yeah, I hope. Man, if, and there's probably still people, maybe some listening to this podcast. I hope not. I, I think our listeners are smarter than that. Who want Petrino to be our head coach oh, to this day? Man, and those people are. D-U-M dumb. <laughs> All right. Auburn soccer played two matches in Athens in part of some weird... I think women's sports do this. I know Auburn had a women's sport, women's volleyball. Like, it's like a round robin. It's not tournament. even a tournament. Yeah, it's like... Well, it's just a... Let's get together yeah, and play soft, so Yeah, softball does this a lot where it's, you know, get four or eight teams, come to one campus... It's like a jamboree. Right. Yeah, that's a good you can, you can kind of make use of one field. All the rest are the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a cost-saving measure, I think. So we did that in Germany in women's basketball a lot, too, on my JV team. We used to smoke people. That was what we did. <laughs> uh, I also wouldn't play my starters for the first game so that nobody knew how good we were. <laughs> that was my... They wouldn't, play, they wouldn't play at all the first game. Uh, anyway, we've got... Uh, we beat Maryland. Like a drunk. The brakes off Maryland. Beat Maryland 4 0, which in soccer, 4 0 is like getting beat 56 0 in football. <laughs> 4 0 is a bad beat. Uh, and two of those were PKs. And that's going to bring in brief folds on a PK and uh, Sarah Houchin. So, uh, on a PK. Interestingly, is, why, why did we have, was brief folds not in the game for one of those? Or that might one? be the case because she usually is our PK taker. Yeah, I was wondering, do we not? Have a designated? Was there was there drama on the field? Did I they fight over the ball? So, so is so, what? What are the rules in soccer for PK? You is think not the person that gets fouled? No. Okay. No. Matter of fact, it's rare. Usually, fouled. you have a designated PK taker, okay. and there's generally every year. So it's more like a technical where one person shoots it. Okay. Yeah. There's every few months. I would even say there's some drama over who's going to take a PK on a team somewhere. Yeah. Whereas in at Auburn, it's it's been Rifoldino. Mainly because she is pretty automatic yeah. PK from the pre K spot, so I'm I'm guessing she that she was out. I, um, yeah, that's why Jesse Jurow and Sarah Houchin had the other goal. So Sarah Houchin had a brace, Ryan, yeah. as it's called. Uh, the second game, Auburn lost to a pretty good Virginia Tech team. Now, ACC teams are usually pretty good. Yeah, they're like, the best soccer conference outside of it's the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 and ACC. Yeah. Um, and then. Maryland is a Big Ten team, but they kind of operate. They're essentially still. an ACC yeah. team. Yeah. So beating Maryland like a drum is pretty good deal. We have a pretty salty attack. 
But again, another PK against Virginia Tech. So I don't know if I didn't again, I didn't watch these games, full disclosure. Um, but I would like to know if it's that we are really good at getting penalties or if it's just early in the year, overly physical. Yeah. Um, Maybe even a bad referee. You never know. Yeah. So, but this week, guys. Tigers are coming home this week. Two home matches. Pretty exciting. Thursday night versus the Syracuse Orange at 6.30 p.m. And then Sunday. So if you're in town for the game uh, versus Troy, we're playing soccer at 6 p.m. on Sunday. So if you're in town, hopefully we get a game against Troy. So, like, let's say you live in Birmingham, Birmingham. Maybe you got to book that hotel in Auburn for two nights anyway. So maybe stay your Saturday night and then go to the free soccer match on Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. And you're still, it's only 90 minutes, guys. You're still out of Auburn by 745 and, or by 8. But you, uh, you miss all the traffic. Yeah. You don't have to worry about being on 280 and game day traffic because it's you, Sunday and night. you get to see Auburn sports. Yeah. And you're still back in your bed in Birmingham by 1030 p.m. Or Atlanta. Crow guarantees it. Same or goes Atlanta. for anyone living yeah. in the Atlanta area. Now it's 1130 because of the time change. Right. Yeah. The time change might get you there. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing. I, I hope to go to at least one of those games this week. Um, maybe even if, if, it's, uh, if it's that Thursday game. That'd be really nice. Yeah, I'm thinking about going to that one as well. Hopefully yeah. it cools off a little bit. Yeah, we've got some good weather, though, this weekend Ooh. for like Memorial Labor Day. Yeah, today was pretty warm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, should we take a break? I guess so. Let's do it. And we're back. So this past week, I don't know if you guys have read it yet, on uh, Banner Society, there was a pretty amazing uh, article by one Stephen Godfrey. I read it uh, the day it came out, and I remember thinking, like, I texted to my buddies who are not Auburn fans, and I said, hey, if you want to peek inside what big-time college athletics looks like, because even if you're not an Auburn fan, you can read it and go, Almost every program operates in a similar way. Right. I said, you know, this is kind of the way everybody operates, unless you just don't want to win national championships. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. Not everybody does. Like, I don't think Vanderbilt Athletics operates that way. I don't even think Mizzou Athletics operates that way. Um, there's about 10 teams, 10, 11 teams, that I think probably operate identically to that. Um, but one of my buddies was like, this seems a lot like dirty laundry. I was like, yeah, a lot of it does. Like, the fact that the booster in question is claiming that everybody wanted Auburn to everyone in Arkansas to just hire Gus away from us in 2017, so we can go ahead and get uh, Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real so, thing. Yeah. So if you haven't read the article, it's basically <clears throat> excuse me, uh, kind of breaking down the 2017 scenario where Leith had just been hired. We didn't have an athletic director. Uh, Gus was kind of on the ropes after the LSU game. And then comes back and beats George and Alabama. You know, you, you know how the season went. Right. He gets that contract. Uh, and how Jimmy Sexton kind of set up Stephen Leith. Well, and yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes uh, that you may not have already known. Because uh, there's a lot of, that I didn't know. Um, but there, there's a lot of booster politics. And uh you know, it's it's interesting because it's not something you get to hear about very often. Yeah. I think Godfrey did a really good job of kind of, like Crow said, peeling back the curtain. You know, I don't even know if Alan Green had been here if it would have made a difference because I don't know that Alan Green is familiar with dealing with Jimmy Sexton. Well, here's the thing: you got a guy in Stephen Lee, 
whatever you think about him as a person, as a president, he's a man with a PhD in plant pathology. His undergrad is in uh, plant science. His master's is in plant pathology. This guy grow so weed. This is a, a man who is a scientist. Like he was, give him Iowa State. Oh. This is a person who was a brilliant plant pathologist, which is why he has a PhD in plant pathology. Mm-hmm. None of that prepares you to negotiate with a not just an agent. This is not. This was not Jimmy Sexton's first negotiation. This is a super agent. This is the the Mino Rayola of right. uh, of college football agent. Yeah, coaching agent. It really is like it's like me going and playing one on one with Michael Jordan. <laughs> like it really. I mean, it's, it's no, and that's why I'm saying I don't even know if it would have been any different if Alan Green had been in place by that time either, because I'm not sure he is. Uh, familiar. Guy, he's a guy who played college baseball. Right. And is a good fundraiser. Jimmy Sexton is the best at what he does. Yeah. And um, I don't think it was real. We got Jay Jacobs had dealt with him a lot. And I, I think I don't think there's anybody in the business that hasn't been bent over a table by Jimmy Sexton at some point or another. In 2017, so, at the time this was negotiated. Jimmy Sexton represented 11 of the 14 SEC head coaches. 11. And that doesn't happen because he's an okay agent. It happens because he's the best agent in the country. And because he represents all of those coaches, he's able to negotiate and, and leverage one of them against the other one fairly easily. So uh, for those that don't know, um, Jimmy was Tommy Tuberville's agent. And after we let go of... Tommy, or he retired, or whatever you want to say happened there. Allowed um, to pursue other opportunities. Yeah. When, when we hired Gene Chizik, one of the conditions was he had to fire Jimmy Sexton as his agent because we had been taken to task by Jimmy Sexton this is a, so many times over 10 years. And this is in the article. It talks about how Jimmy Sexton and Tuberville and Auburn basically invented the buyout. Yeah. That's now a thing yeah. because of how Jimmy Sexton used to get Auburn over the barrel with Tubbs all, yeah. the, time. all the time. And it was always Arkansas. Arkansas has been Auburn's contract foil in all of these, where the, the thought is that Auburn's coach hits. is going to lose, we're going to lose our best coach, our good coach, to the Arkansas Razorbacks, which everyone at Auburn perceives as a huge step backwards for that guy, yeah. and would look horrible for us that we would do that. Yeah. I, I, it, for Gus, I didn't think of it that way. I thought, I thought for Gus to have gone there, that's, that's his dream job, I guess. Um, just because that's is it what, though? well, that's where he's from though. That's right. where he's from. There would be it's much a lot of less with that though. Much less pressure there for him. Um, I it would have made sense at the time for Gus had things gone worse than they did in 2017. Yeah. Uh, now I don't the way things went. I don't really. I don't, know. I don't think Gus was leaving Auburn after the Iron Bowl to no. go to Arkansas yeah. at any point. Right. How, if Gus had been fired from Auburn, yeah. maybe he goes to Arkansas. Yeah. Right. I don't think he was ever leaving Auburn, though. Yeah, But Auburn couldn't take that chance. Right. Because you had a guy. Cause really the, and the picture that Stephen Godfrey paints is perfect. The idea of the boosters, he, that Jenny Sexton pitches to the Auburn boosters, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have Gus Malzahn in confetti at the SEC championship game, walk off the field and go call the Hogs. And every Auburn boost was like, no, we cannot yeah. let that happen. 
So then Stephen Leith decides, according to this article, I'm going to be the white hat. I'm going to be the hero of this story. With the backing of one of the biggest All One of the biggest, yeah. Uh, the guy who's named on the business school. Yeah. Not the building, but the school. And I'm going to be the guy also another Harvard this. building, by the way. Oh, there's two on campus. Mm-hmm. And so Jimmy Sexton sits down with Stephen Leith. And now you have Gus's buyout. However, he makes a point in this as well that Gus's buyout is, was, at the time, the fifth largest buyout in the country. So it wasn't like Gus is now the highest paid coach in America. Right. Gus didn't have the biggest buyout in America. Right. But Gus all of a sudden got this massive buyout. And it was 100% because we were afraid he was going to go to Arkansas. But it, it's funny because the other coaches ahead of Gus were all coaches that had either won a national championship or, well, no, they all had been at that point. So because it was, it was Urban, Saban, Dabo, uh, Jimbo, and Gus. Gus was the fifth highest buyout. I mean, that, and that makes sense I, it, to me because by resume, Gus is maybe the fifth best coach in the country. And then D- right despite, after, despite yeah. looking at the five, eight and five seasons or whatever yeah. you want to say, his resume, he's, the, like he's, he's won a national championship as a coordinator. He's gone to a national championship. He's gone to two SEC championship games and won one. He's been out there twice. He's beaten Nick Saban twice, which Dabo has done. Uh, and Hugh Freeze. Oh, yeah, and Hugh Freeze. <laughs> so, Liberty coach. Um, Hugh Freeze. It, it, I mean, when you look at yeah. – when you sit down and look at it, if, if as long as you don't look at those eight and five seasons that for your team and you just look at it and you're like, oh, this guy – I mean, who else in the country has done what this guy's done? Nobody has. Um, and, and the other thing about it was that in the article talks about, too, you should read the article at bannersociety.com or a footballwebsite.com. Both get you to the article. Um, it makes the point that another Jimmy Sexton client, Kirby Smart, the week after Gus's contract is announced, it's announced that Kirby Smart has a new extension, mm-hmm. and it's the identical contract. And apparently it had been in the works for weeks, so Sexton basically told, "Well, do you want him to be, at least be paid like the Georgia coach yeah. who hadn't done anything yet?" Yeah, and so you have you have Gus getting Kirby Smart's deal. Uh, this is very similar to this is really inside baseball. So Emmett Smith in 1993 held out of the first three games of the NFL season. The Cowboys lost all three games, and eventually he got a huge deal, came back, and the Cowboys went on to win the Super Bowl. Ryan, the Dallas Cowboys are a football team that used to win Super Bowls. I don't know if you <laughs> no, realize okay. that. No, I, I didn't. Yeah. So anyway, apparently the reason he held out was because... He used to win playoff games. Yeah. Actually. He held out because Jerry played him like a fiddle. And he walked into Jerry's office and said, I want to be paid like the best running back in the NFL. And Jerry says, great. Isn't, you think Barry Sanders is the best quarterback running back in the NFL? And, and Emmett says, yeah, he's one of them. And Jerry goes, all right, you know what? You're right, Emmett. I will give you the exact same contract Barry Sanders has. And Emmett was like, well, that was easy, and walked out of the office. What Emmett didn't realize is that Barry Sanders had one of the worst contracts in the history of the league (laughs) and was getting paid pennies on the dollar. So all of a sudden, Emmett's agent sees this contract and tells Emmett, you idiot, get back in there. You've just made a huge mistake. So then Emmett holds out. This is very similar to me as to what happened to Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton walked in to Stephen Lee's office and said, well, shouldn't your coach who just beat 
Alabama and Georgia be paid at least as much as the Georgia coach. Yes, you're right. Oh, we'll sign this piece of paper and we'll make sure of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we realize that the Georgia coach is getting paid too much money too. <laughs> Everyone's getting paid yeah. too much money. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how much yeah. money these guys are. Texas A&M is paying Jimbo Fisher. $75 million. They're just paying that no matter yeah. what he does. His buyout is, at the moment, $75 million. You can say, well, guys, yeah. I think I'm just going to go fishing for the rest of this contract. And they're still paying him $75 million. Yeah. Like, that, that is absurd. But that, as you pointed out earlier, is a direct, can be traced directly back. To Tommy Tuberville. At Auburn. And that's at Auburn. So, in long, to TLDR, go read the article. Uh, it is really, really good. Okay, let's move on. Moving right along. Talk about the football game, guys. Let's talk about the football there, there game. There was a game? There was a game. Oh. All right, so All right. Auburn played Oregon in Dallas in Jerry World. Yeah. Uh, home of Crow. Home of Crow. A stadium that I've been to a few times. Uh, can tell you it is a tough place to play an afternoon football game, but luckily they're playing it at night. Uh, apparently, the punter Aaron Sipos was hitting the scoreboard before the game, and so mm-hmm. maybe he altered his punting, which was yeah. one reason why we had some pretty bad punt coverage. Yeah, it, well, we just he wasn't getting a lot of distance. On yeah, those well, punts. I think he was getting decent distance, but just he was no arm line drives. Yeah. So, so there was no way for the coverage to get downfield. Yeah. But they've made the rule that if it does hit the scoreboard, he gets to repunt it, I believe. At least in the NFL, when the Cowboys built that stadium, yeah. the NFL yeah, I'm not made sure what the college rule is on that. The scoreboard's absurd. I don't it's know. absurd. But it's never been hit oh, in a was, game. He was just... Yeah. Punters come out there before games all the time and hit it. I don't think it's ever actually okay. been hit. I, guess I, can see it being like, a, I can see it being a mental block. Yeah. Though. I guarantee you that's yeah, what it is. Screw it. Screw it. If you've so. never punted in that, in that gym, it's, I bet that's the case. Uh, Bo Nix, Chief, what do you think about Bo? Um, Bo knows. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, I I thought he looked better than your average freshman. I did um, too. I, I he especially the final drive, which we'll get to later. Um, I'm sure, but Bo, he looked pretty poised. He did not look scared. Never, never once looked scared to me. Um, he was running for his life on several occasions. Uh, we did seem hesitant. To run him on purpose, though. It was weird. That first was it the first or second drive, he was out there. He hits the, the deep ball to Hastings, and yep. the next play, it's keeper off, yeah. off tackle. Yeah, and that was he awesome. Picks up 20 yards. Yeah, and I don't know why we didn't do that all yeah, night. So I think everybody's, oh, man, he's going to be able to run in, now. In fact, well, it's, I guess I'll just skip right to the final drive. The, the play before he had the keeper that got the first down, mm-hmm. I was incensed because I'm like, why? Why did we not just roll him out on a boot and just get him? He get the yards like yeah. he would have done it. Um, he went to the opposite side. That um, if I'm not we mistaken. rolled him out to the left a lot, which I didn't yeah. really understand. I don't. I don't you're, you're asking him a lot. To he's not across he, his body. Yeah, he's not Brandon Cox. Yeah, but I think we were probably a little more uh, confident. confident left, yeah, yeah left the side right side <laughs> was rough yeah. for much of the game. Um, but I thought Bo looked. Looked good. Um, you know, he threw the two interceptions. Both of them were behind the player. His last touchdown was behind the guy, too. And I'll, I'll defend that. That was a, the correct throw for the situation. Sure. Because the corner was already behind Seth. Yeah, right. That ball was not going to get picked Also, off. yeah, Seth is much larger than Right. Um, and that may have just been the call. Like, you go, right. then come back. Well, because the worst that's going to happen on that throw is that Seth doesn't catch it. Right. The corner's not getting to it. Right. 
and you're already at field range. Right. So I, I he made some money throws in this yeah. game too. Um, that last drive, he that the first throw to Seth Williams, he got a bounce was a buddy rope that to the outside. Listening to Stan White on the post game, Stan thought that was the best throw he saw. That was the, that was he, a, as they say that was an NFL throw. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big boy throw for sure. Um, and again, he did he never he did not look phased by what was happening, even despite some. Pretty shaky coverage uh, in pass protection. Well, and you know, we can't say he played perfect. No, uh, he did. There were through two interceptions. We, I mean. Well, whether through coaching or through just this is how he was playing in his first game, he he didn't make all of his reads. Uh, yeah. Even when he did have the pass protection, sure. Um, you yeah, could tell it, he he was ready to scramble right. just to try and make something happen, which. Again, we saw a little of that with Jarrett Stidham last year behind the same line. Yeah. And, the, um, and the difference, though, is that when Stidham got out of the pocket, it was, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah. yeah. And you could tell Bo kind of had a plan in his head. Yeah. Um, but he didn't I, run. He, Bo didn't run downfield much. No, he ran. He would much. scramble out of the pocket and still make a throw. Yeah, and he got rid of the ball a lot smartly a lot. A lot of, a lot of those. Fine. 13 for 31. How many sacks did he take? One, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was late in the game, too. Yeah. I think, and I like, I'm a Jared Stidham apologist. I think in that game, Jared Stidham probably got sacked four times. Easy. Probably because he, he was hesitant to get rid of the ball when, yeah. when he should have. Um, he didn't want to throw picks. Some of those throwaways, there were some guys open. Right. Um, or he, if he had just tucked it earlier, he would have had room. Right. And that's what I'm saying. The decision making on those, he was safe, but yeah, probably could have made some A lot of that's. Probably got to be down to speed of the game, right. being much different than what he was playing against. Well, and, I, and I'm sure all week he's heard, "We can win this game with defense and running." Yeah, do not, D- yeah, mess this up. Yeah, I think I think you you saw freshman mistakes, but again, I'll say it again. He looked, he had a lot of Colt McCoy. In yeah, a lot of lots of what you're feeling. I do a lot yeah. of poise. At no point did you think. He, the moment is too big for yeah, this kid. So even with the two interceptions, you never thought, God, got to get him out of there. Yeah, I, I they think there may have been a Twitter, Twitter group of one of people out. on Twitter, maybe. I wasn't looking at a lot of Twitter. I was enjoying the game at a fine local establishment, Southeastern, um, uh, on Magnolia Avenue, right? Or College yeah. of Mag. Um, and, uh, which was great. Is that the official bar of this podcast? Uh, it's the official bar of me. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a great spot to watch a game if you're in town, or a great spot to grab a cold beverage before the game, if you during the game or after yeah. the game. Um, but it was uh, it was fun watching it there. It kept me off Twitter a decent amount. Yeah. I was on there a little. Bit. I was on about a two or three play delay. Yeah, so it was. Oh yeah, streaming. So, so I was in our Slack chat, so it didn't keep me away from that. <laughs> uh, which. I don't, we're all projecting confidence now. I don't think all of us were no, all that confident. I would say coming out of halftime, there was a lot of uneasiness. I, was, I felt sick. On multiple occasions, texted, just wrote, Auburn cannot block. <laughs> we can't block. Yeah, Crow was very down on the offensive line. Uh, cannot block. Me too. Um, and going in, I, I think we discussed this last week about how, um, I don't, man, I'm not even sure if we talked about it on air, now, the story on both of these offensive lines was, oh, they're all seniors and they're all going to be great, even though both teams had had lackluster years along that line last year. And I think Oregon showed some pretty good improvement. And their, their line looked like, okay, they're up 
the hype was real. Well, Ours I, did not. I will say one of the reasons their line looked so good is that they they, they got beat on several occasions, yeah. but their game plan, they knew, okay, we're going to run away from Eric Brown. We're going to get the ball out quick, and yeah. we're not going to let the defensive line what, beat us. And, and once we wore them down right. and made them tired Derek, Derek and, just, Brown, and just ran Booby just yeah. up the middle on them over and over and over again, then, yeah. then that – we looked but, a lot better. So, so Derek Brown, uh, he didn't have a big game. I think he had three tackles, you know, uh, yeah. no sacks or anything. He jumps out on tape. If you, yeah, if you go back and watch, if you are looking for Derek Brown, you see problems. him just lay out you know, the center of the guard on Causing several problems. plays. And like I said, that their game plan was to just avoid yeah. him. Um, if we want to talk about our defense, not necessarily our defensive line. Our, well, I guess let's we're let's transition there. to the defense. Uh, KJ Britt is the standout Ooh. for me. He only yeah. had seven tackles, but buddy, all seven of those tackles were. He made him hurt. Yeah. Golly, that's for sure. Uh, he he looked good. It's and a big third down stop. Uh, third quarter maybe. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, him and uh, Popo both uh, looked great. Yeah, um, you could tell. So. I think the guys in the lunch break were talking about about Owen Popo earlier today uh, about how he's the linebacker Auburn needed in this game. Yeah, yeah. You know, not that he's better than Deshaun Davis or sure. Trey Williams or Daryl Williams, but his speed and his he's quick ability to get to the ball quickly mm-hmm. and cover passes was needed. Yeah. Was needed in this Oregon game. He covered. Yeah. He played a really good pass. Well, defense. I, I think he is where. The game is going really with linebackers, right. guys that, that smaller, faster, smaller, faster, play in the open field that can drop into coverage and look like a safety. Basically. Yeah, I mean, you already saw he he was the dimebacker. I mean, yeah, when Auburn was playing six DBs, he was the only right. linebacker in the field because he could still drop back into coverage yep. as well. Yeah, um, in the secondary, that's another true freshman right there. Another man. true that's, freshman. That's what's crazy. Who wears number ten? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm hoping Isaac Acora was going to wear number ten. I don't think he will. Yeah. But that'd be nice. Everybody would wear number 10. Yeah. Uh, so the secondary, they were kind of the cause of a couple busts at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Javaris um, Davis, that, that was a. That was, the mo- that was one of the most, most bizarre yeah. defensive plays or non defensive plays I've ever seen. It could have been me out there. <laughs> Here, here's the thing it looked like a, like a pickup, like a. Yeah. Like, Game at PE at school, like where you yeah. can't, can't tackle. And so he's one of like, our better defensive backs. I know. It was yeah. The weirdest. Thing. But that guy is like six seven. That was playing. But yeah, he was very large. Right. He's gonna see that highlight uh, all season. That's yeah. yeah. Hopefully that drives him uh, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he is a good corner. Yeah. And, and he's gonna have that reputation now of oh well, he gave up that big play. You know, luckily it wasn't in a loss. Sure. Yeah. Um, otherwise that would really. Drag on him, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, they took him out of the game. They so he he did still play some, but he was basically playing fifty fifty with Roger McCreary. Well, he I, did play pretty you, well. You see that, and it just looks like he was shaving points. Like, yeah, that's, that's, I was like, are we shaving points? Like I you literally know. looked around the table of that. Are we points? So there was home. that. There was the bust on the first drive where nobody picked up the receiver on the left side of the field for what. 20 or 30 yard gain. Yeah. That set up that first touchdown. The guys, those were their only two long plays. So they had four plays in the first quarter that resulted in over 100 yards of offense. Oh, yeah. And other than that, the defense played lights out. Yeah. They, they, they gave up 90 yards rushing, which that's hard for me to. It's pretty wild. Because it looked like we were getting gashed. Dude, I know. 
they were getting like 10 yards of carry. Yeah. yeah. And then in the second those, half, and then none of those enough. sacks took some yards away. Yeah. It was only, true. what, two sacks though? Yeah, we only uh, sacked yeah. them twice. Well, one of them was like a minus 13. Yeah. Uh, and I think both sacks were um, not defensive linemen, right? Well, one of so them was a I think uh, Truesdale split one of them with uh, one of the linebackers. Uh, maybe it was a Kobe McLean. I'm not sure. Uh, that's, I think that's right. Because uh, I know Truesdale got in on one of them. And Denson got Denson had a great sack. Yeah, that was a key. Maybe the MVP of the game, honestly. Yeah. yeah. He had 13 Him. tackles, two for loss, and a sack. Yeah. He played great. My MVP of the game. Do you want to do Barners and, and Sure, we bunkers? can do this. All right, we got a new segment called Barners and Bunkers. Barners are people who do good things. Bar- bunkers people who are bad people uh, in some way. So, uh, Barner of the Week for me, nobody talking about him. I've been waiting for you guys to bring him up. Nobody brought him up. Nobody brought him up on the Slack last night or today. So I'm feeling a little... Uh, holding this in your back pocket? Hipster Crow over here. Freaking Christian Tut played a game. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Played a game. Played yeah. a game on punt return. Played a game on defense. He came in, did an absolute great job on, in both capacities that he, we asked him to play. And, and we, don't, we may not win that game without Christian Tutt yeah. getting us in some pretty darn good field position. And he had one pretty big punt return call back. Yeah. Uh, he had one long good. one. He had one long one. Yeah. There was uh, a block in the back. It was, was not a block in the back. Right. Like, the, that. Like, one of the legs crossed. Ugh. Wasn't it on Iggy? Yeah, yes. I think on the first punt return. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't good. It wasn't a good block. It was back. a long punt return. It was like a 30-yard yeah. return. Yeah, he, he had a heck of a game. He had a lot of those hidden yards, as they call it. Like, he really flipped the field a couple of times and uh, did not muff one punt. No. Which, as no. an Auburn fan, yes. that is your biggest Didn't even look, look, yeah. look like he was going to muff one. He, he, he confidently looked, caught yes. and secured every single punt. And only had in. the one where he didn't have a return. I right. Um, and honestly, I feel like I was like, man, we should have just sent everybody then. And just if it, I was, I was waiting for that. Uh, as good as this team was for on punt blocks last year, yeah. I mean, I think they only went after one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's Christian right. Tut is my Barner yeah. of the week. That's so a for, solid one. Yeah, good pick. Uh, for me, I've got Spencer and I. Oh, uh, as as bad as the blocking was in the offensive line, uh, he. It was the starter at H-back. Uh, a lot of people kind of thought that was going to be J.J. Wilson getting most of the snaps there. But Nye came in. Didn't really play. Didn't really play a ton because we needed Nye to be that six yeah. blocker. Did a great job at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the big plays were because he had a good block. Caught, caught a ball in that last fourth quarter drive. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he can be an all-around H-back and stay on the field, whether he's blocking, going out for a pass, just he can catch the ball a game. Yeah, That's all he really needs to do. Um, he's going to be a key component of the offense this year. Um, I, I'm going to go with similar route. Salvatore yeah. Canelo uh, <laughs> with the wheel route, right? Yeah, from the H-back. From undefeated. the H-back. The position. undefeated wheel route. Uh, oh, yeah. It, <laughs> I saw it. I, I, I yell, wheel route! In the, in the <laughs> we bar. had two wheel routes in this game. I know. Too. It was amazing. You know what? We won. We now need to hit at least two wheel routes yeah. every game and we'll go undefeated yeah. this year. I guarantee it's it. It's the key. It's yeah. uh, that's our mojo back, as uh, Gus would say. Maybe. We hit two wheel routes and zero bubble screens. Uh, the bubble screens not being there was a blessing. In it. Did you imagine? Who are you throwing those two this year? Eli well, Stove. It would have been Schwartz, right. but he's not. I don't think we're throwing this year. I think Maybe Gus doesn't call that play. I, I think that not. was a chip play. Well, I don't know. Gus used to call some bubble screens. He used to call some slip screens. No, we tried true. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did oh, not work. Did not no, work out. Yeah, no, Booby catches that. He's probably got plenty of room to run. Yeah. But, he does not catch it. Uh, Seth Williams on just a step back screen, too, got destroyed on the five yard line. Yeah. The closest thing to a bubble screen we ran was the, uh, the touchdown to, to Eli Stove. Oh, man. Who, uh, who I call my. On the Slack, I called him my Moon Pie and RC Cola, solid contributor <laughs> of the game. Yeah, I mean, he, he was. He was. He, I think he may have only had the two passes that he called, but they were two key passes. And one and long one, run. Yeah, one long run. And that whole drive, that was the Eli Stowe drive. Yeah. It was him on the long run. He stayed on the field. Booby ran the ball. The next play, they weren't set. They only had 10 guys on the field. And they throw it to you like I Stone. should probably give a shout out to Booby Whitlow because I was he talking impressed. I was talking big trash on him almost all the game. Till so all then, of a sudden second half. Then he ended up with a hundred yards and Yeah, uh, and he, so he had a hundred yards, the offense as a whole had two hundred yards. Yeah. Which I think we haven't done against a ranked opponent in a little while. We haven't done it in since. Look at this, Crow knows. Cause I cause I read uh, Justin Ferguson's tweets. <laughs> we had not done that in a ranked game, a game against ranked opponents since two thousand seventeen Georgia game. You know what else we did that year? We beat Alabama. Yeah. So, ergo, we're going to beat guys, We're going to beat Alabama and Georgia this year. All right. Um, but, yeah, I, man, we, as nervous as that game was, it, it, it felt, it started feeling really good, even in the third quarter. Right. Um, we scored in the third quarter, which was nice. Um, and then, I mean, they didn't score after five. I mean, the defense was, Elite, like after the, those first two drives, five minutes into the, to the third quarter, they scored or whatever, and that was it. Yeah. They didn't score again. They're, so they didn't, even, they didn't even sniff scoring again. They didn't. Right. So there was the after the fumble return by Big Cat. I think yeah. that was kind of their last big threat, except right. until the very last play of the game. Yeah, where he, which, <laughs> I mean, if we can talk about that for a minute, the best quarterback in the country is just airmailing the end zone from the thirty-five yard line. That wasn't even close. Like that was one of those where you is he the best quarterback head. in the country though? I mean, he looked he pretty had, salty. He had a he 135 right. quarterback rating in that game. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> he had for, like 280 yards passing. For as little help as his receivers gave him in this game, yeah. he had a really good night. Okay. A couple um, of those passes were in the like. He had so many of those like, mistakes, receivers yeah. sliding down and catching the ball because he threw it in the exact perfect spot yeah. for a receiver to slide down and catch the ball. I was very impressed with Justin Herbert until with eight, six seconds left, he threw the ball to his grandmother. And I don't really know why he did I, that. She's I, not playing. <laughs> I guess he was just ready for the game to be over. Yeah. Like, is, is that what was going on there? He wanted know. to put that on film so the NFL scouts could be like, man, yeah. he can throw the ball a mile. Because he should have had a second touchdown on, on the second drive of the game. He hit the receiver in the numbers in the back of the end zone. Yes. He didn't catch it. Oh, that was that. And that, that led to the missed field goal, which ended up being pretty important. Can we talk about our missed field goal? How in the world? What happened? It looked good. It looks good. I, it looked, I could have sworn that was good. It looked live. good. And they showed the replay, and it just like hooked at the last yeah. second. Indoors. I don't know what, yeah, what happened. Uh, Air conditioner that, got it. That being said, <laughs> I did not want Andrews to have to kick that ball. Oh, the game. good. It would have been like 45 no. yards. Like he, he could do that. I'm, I'm not saying he couldn't make that. Guys, it, if there's anybody on this team that I have less confidence in, and it's it's no, <laughs> I, I don't mean any disrespect to him, it's Anders Carlson. I, I, I think he has gotten a reputation off of his brother that he really doesn't deserve. I mean, he has a better leg than his brother in terms of distance. Right. But I think you might be right. Like, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything at Auburn really to deserve the 
like respect of well, we got our good kicker. Let's get him in there. But here's the thing: he's not a bad kicker, right? He, he is a good kicker. He should be our starting kicker. Sure. No, I'm not he saying he got that. put in a lot of bad spots last year, that's kicking that's fifty plus true. as a freshman. Yeah, and a lot of that was pretty frustrating. Left hash. 55-yard field goals or right. Like, Gracious. Nothing like down the pike either. It's yeah. like, yeah, we didn't put him in a lot of situations I, to succeed. I, I never understood that. Daniel life. Carlson doing the game winner against Wisconsin as a freshman, too. Sure. So, Look, freshman I, kickers I, are going to be freshman yeah, kickers. Yeah, I, I just, I do feel like he gets a lot of, a um, little more respect than a guy who's That's fair. a sophomore that hasn't won, a, like, won us a big game with his kicking yet. Um, yeah. Anything else on this game we want to talk about? Could have had a chance. I mean, we could talk about this for another hour. Who, who are our bunkers? Oh, bunker of the week. Do they have to be Auburn related? No. All, all of us in the Slack chat who were losing our mind. Uh, Everybody was, that picks South Carolina in the Survivor oh. Pool. Sorry, guys. Everybody who. Ouch. And I, I appreciate Lonely Tailgater for calling people out. Although he's, he was not high on the, on the team after this win. Right. Whatever. He's kind of a negative guy. But it, everybody who he called them out rightly, like if you during the game were like put Joey in, put Joey in, get this Joker out of here, and now you're like, and now you're super excited about Bo Nix. Unless you, you were talking about you need to own up, to yeah. It. Unless you were talking about after the fumble recovery from the five, Joey should have been in. There. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I, I thought we should have left him in going for two. I don't, I, don't, I didn't feel like we should have switched uh, Bo back in for that. Yeah, uh, I and think then we got the uh, penalty. penalty uh, Let me tell you that that uh. That super jumbo with, with Joey Gatewood. That, that's a camp formation. That's going to be tough to stop. Because yeah. they're like, they're probably about 10,000 pounds of weight. <laughs> they had, yeah. right behind the they had uh, Markel Harrell in yeah. the backfield. No, we yeah. had, Essentially like a full back. I believe right. that there were, there, I think there were seven offensive linemen. Seven or eight offensive linemen formation. and at least one tight end. There's nothing I love more, and, and this is why 2013 was so fun, than... The other team knowing exactly what you're going to do, yeah. you're not hiding anything, and you just go out there and you do it anyway. Now, those people who saw that happen, us score, and are still, why are we running shotgun at the goal line? Just know that you're an idiot. <laughs> well, no, like, that, I was thinking that the entire, every time one of Oregon's running back ripped right. off 10 yards on us, I was like, that's why you run out of the shotgun, because you build up all your momentum right. and just shoot right through the hole. Like, it is. Shotgun <laughs> at the goal line, to say that that's not a good thing is to not understand how running works. Right. There's it's, this it's, physics. You go under center, your quarterback has to run backwards. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. You're taking the ball backwards with now the running extra motion. Might have momentum coming his sure. way. But running a quarterback sneak from under center oh. is literally just moving forward really quickly. It's not, you're not you gonna, only do that if you need an inch. Yeah, you're not going to get as much power as you will if you put that 6'6", 250 guy yeah. now doing the same thing, but give him a five-yard head start. Um, All right. Do you guys want to keep moving? Keep uh, moving? Let's take another break, I guess. Yeah, take a break. And we are back. So the bunker of the week is the entire uh, – SEC East, who is very but man, yeah, um, Georgia was fine against Vandy, and then other than that, uh, let's see, South Carolina, South Carolina lost to North Carolina, Tennessee lost to Georgia State, Missouri lost to Wyoming, mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky almost lost to Toledo. That game was in question pretty late. Dude should have lost to Toledo. And right. guess who got a contract extension right before the game? Kentucky's head coach. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Mark so, so Stoops. Yeah. 
It's like the day before the game. And Florida not did not SEC, look that good not in SEC Miami. East, but, no. but Mississippi State not messed around and lost that game to Louisiana. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Superdome. Mm. That wasn't good. Uh, and Ole, Ole Miss, Miss lost. <laughs> Ole Miss like, lost to Memphis again. Ole Miss didn't just lose to Memphis, guys. Oh, I watched that whole game. Ole Miss was decidedly worse than Memphis at almost every position. Like, they were worse. This was not an upset. This was Memphis yeah. took care of business at home against this Ole Miss. Is when the, this is when the recruiting sanctions are going to come back and hurt Ole Miss. That's not the year that you get them because your seniors are still seniors. It's two years later when you haven't been able to recruit and your freshmen are now juniors and they're not that good. And, yeah, you might have, quote-unquote, nasty wideouts. Not anymore. <laughs> but that offensive line is rash. So you're is. telling me that uh, Grand Wizard Matt Luke is probably not long for this world. I don't think Matt Luke. <laughs> but here's the problem. That's a casual level. Hey, Matt Luke's a member of the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> I don't know. His name is similar. I don't know. <laughs> oh, to David Duke. Yeah, yeah. So if you're... Also you know, Grand Wizard. Yeah, he did. Duke is a Grand So if you're telling me this old Miss team that last year had no defense but had a really good offense, now doesn't have a good <laughs> offense either. But they got Rich Rudd. Oh, that's do they? That's I didn't he's their OC. Because why, why everybody would he do that? Because everybody, everybody because knows. Because he's going to be the oh, next head coach. That. <laughs> that's the point. But why? I don't know. But why? Because now he's like tainting his own reputation with this crap. Well, because <laughs> I think they thought Ole Miss would be at least 6-6. Six and six, And then sanctions are up after this year. And they're like, fire. thanks, but no thanks. Matt Luke. If you go 2-10. Harry yeah. Potter. Or uh, and then they'll the put wizard. they'll put him they'll put I'm just gonna start calling him the wizard <laughs> man <laughs> Grand Dragon is what they call him in the in the Ku Klux they're not wizards and the, they have wizards too uh, I wouldn't know Chief yeah I'm yeah. not from San Mountain so I think the dragon is higher than the wizard oh really yeah they're basically Insane. racist larpers yeah exactly. I, I guess that's what's going on <laughs> Uh, That's gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> Racist <laughs> Larpers. Um, uh, USC did not look good at all in the second half. Uh, Missouri went on the road. Mizzou, Missouri, Missouri went on the road to Wyoming, which already. Is Why are you doing the this? weirdest this thing is, that happened? I, I'm I'm sure our uh, friend of the pod, Van Allen, oh, he probably hated that. Detests that this happened. Yeah, but I definitely did not pick Missouri to go ten and two. Don't look back at that. Jeepers, <laughs> creepers. <laughs> And I didn't watch that game because I didn't know what channel it was on. And uh, CBS Sports Network. Yeah, yeah. not a real home of the Pac-12. Or sorry, that's where you go to watch rugby. Um, That team added a really good quarterback that Auburn really wanted, Mm -hmm. and then lost to Wyoming. So I don't know. Play that bad, but uh, yeah. Let me put it this way: if Auburn were playing uh, Missouri this year, it would look like the 2013 SEC championship again. Oh. Well, Wyoming just ran it down their throats. Oh, well, I like that. I like, I like, yeah, the not, not, not the Auburn defense versus the Missouri offense, but right. the Auburn offense versus the Missouri defense. So, what we're saying is so you're saying like the Arkansas game from that year, <laughs> sure. Yeah. When, oh, when Auburn man, just decided not to just throw it, ran it down. Oh, oh no, man. not that year, I'm talking about 2016. The 2016 a lot of the Arkansas, Arkansas games. games. I think Sean White might have thrown the no, ball 10 t- times. 2013, I think. Uh, Trey had like 200 yards. And 13 yards. Tennessee was the well, same the 2014 way. Arkansas game. Yeah. Guys, I like beating Arkansas. We should do that every time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Boise State beat Florida State. Boise State came back and beat Florida State. Yeah, this was like their freshman 6 at one point. And that yeah. freshman quarterback at Boise State looks like a, a boss. 
He played. Yeah, that was really um, good. That was. He also looks like he's right out of One Direction. So <laughs> that game was weird because it looked like Florida State was going to be fine there for a second, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're not fine. Yeah, there was a fumb- Florida State fumbled the ball on the inside the five, and they had two guys there to pick it up, and they didn't do it. And then the boys, so the boys, he falls on it. There's a really good segment where Mark Rick kind of breaks down how to recover, recover that fumble mm-hmm. on the SEC network. Mark Rick's great on camera, by the way. I don't know if y'all saw. Is he? He's, Does he have his goatee? Is I he, don't know, but he. he you don't he, know? He, I don't remember. Okay. I'm going to say no if he didn't know. I like evil Mark Rick. With yeah, the black he's, he's bizarro Mark Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, after that fumble, Boise goes just rips off. 21, 23 straight points or something like that, and ends up winning the game uh, over Florida State, which ended up being a home game. Florida State wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, that. that so they lost at home. Well, in front of like there were more people on the field at times than in the stands. I oh, feel like wow, there was nobody there because well, the Tiger like, is not going well. I well, mean, it was supposed to be in Jacksonville. Was supposed to be in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah it was so still kind of supposed to be home. They game. were giving away ten dollars, so people couldn't. Change their plans? I think a lot of people may have just been evacuated. Yeah, they just didn't yeah. go because they were afraid of the storm. That yeah. is just absolutely annihilating the Bahamas. The Bahamas right looks like a bomb went off. So it's rough. Yeah. Um, so let's preview our game against the green wave of Tulane. Conference game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, SEC play. SEC play. Tulane game. beat Florida International. I saw on Twitter someone said that Tulane baptized the Florida <laughs> International team that was supposed to be. One of the Conference USA like teams to watch this year, and Tulane beat them like a drum. And so, a lot of Auburn people are scared. They're all, I've seen Auburn people who are like, "Hey, uh, I'm a little nervous about Tulane. They got an extra day of extra day of work." And uh, what are we gonna do? I think go out and say it. I think Auburn wins this game by 20 points. Yeah, I think the line's like 19, 18, something like that right now. Yeah, I, I think. Auburn why? Why are we scared of Tulane again? Uh, because we're scared of everybody. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Because we're Auburn fans. Yeah. And, and so look, the, I'll, the I'll, sentiment is that it feels like a letdown game. And that, oh, sure. this, this could be Auburn turning the ball over or whatever. I know for a fact that they were everybody was back to work last night. They had practice yesterday. And they're back at it today. So um, I, I'm not that worried about this I'm game. I'm not that worried about this game. Uh, there's no way we lose it, I don't think. I know there's some people... Um, they were 90th in S&P preseason. Yeah, there's some it's people that like think this could be a, a replay of the JSU game in, uh, in 2015. Yeah, I think this defense... Guys, JSU was... We shouldn't have been almost losing to them, but they were really well, And good. also, the 2015 team did not have a very good defense. Yeah. So, against the conference, it was being USA led by team, Johnson. Yeah. yeah. I don't care who your offense is. If you have the defense that Auburn has against a team from a Conference USA or a, unless you're playing UCF, right. chances are they're not going to score a lot. Yeah. So then you're down to, okay, can Auburn score 14 points? Because that's going to probably be what it takes to win this game. Like, yeah. I'm not 100% sure Tulane's going to get 21. Um, so if Auburn can get 21, you know, then Auburn's going to maybe win comfortably. I think, we, I think we're going to more than cover. Yeah. Yeah. So I, know I, was, I know I was overconfident last week. About halftime, my prediction looked really bad. And, Certainly was. Hey, all um, we covered last week. But we did cover. We did cover. Uh, maybe hey, I should just start saying that. From the, the biggest bunker of the week is anybody who had Oregon at, at minus three. Oh, because that, man. Or at plus <laughs> if Auburn kicks the field goal, yeah. they, they get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Oregon at plus three. Because that, 
He lost that. There, there were, bad there were nine seconds men left. probably on their knees in the, uh, the sports book. Yeah. However, I mean, Auburn was a four-point favorite at the time of the game, according mm. to ESPN. Okay. And one by six. Yeah. Guys, those guys, casinos did not just build themselves. <laughs> they got built by idiots. And, uh, and the Vegas no, – Vegas is – I read an article the other day about how the Vegas lines are better now than they were 20 years ago. Like how they're, they're more accurately predictable now than were 20 years ago, mainly because of how good analytics and stats have gotten. Mm-hmm. So Vegas says 18. I mean, again, those casinos didn't build themselves. I kind of like 18. Yeah. Okay. I – I want to do one more bunker of the week. I don't know if you guys saw the Jacksonville State Gamecock preview video for this season. Oh, man, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I sent it to people uh, who don't know anything about college football. Fifty Shades of Red. They were like, it looked is. like Jared Leto um, <laughs> yeah. made that video. Um, as a joker? No, that's Jared Leto. <laughs> He's makes some weird stuff. So uh, that's, that's what it looked like to me. It was very sexual, and I did not like it. Yeah, I, I sent it to my buddies, and they one of them said... That basically just ruined his week. He, like, <laughs> he, like, he goes, I can't get over it. I, he goes, I, I, re- I watched that video and I'm just. He's, he was a film major in yeah. Oklahoma. And he was like, Yeah, I, this reminds me so much of bad yes. you know, film student. <laughs> I can't like, ruin his day. He goes, like, I almost got to take the afternoon off for work today. Just I can't, I can't it is, stop. It is so bad. They put a Christmas song at the front of it. Guys, then, Auburn yeah. has made uh, the new Auburn commercial is not great. Um, I don't know if you've seen. Oh, uh, the uh, the Golden Eagle. Uh, kind of, you know, it looks. It's, it's uh, very 1990s. Yeah. Um, but in the words of Sam Jackson from the movie Jurassic Park, could have been worse, John. <laughs> could have been worse. <laughs> it looks very PBS. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, but that 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 yeah. video could have been worse. <laughs> my beloved Gamecocks. What are you doing? All right. So. Brian, what, wanna, who is a player to watch for in this game? Okay. Tulane, and then we'll close this thing out. So, Justin McMillan, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He's an LSU transfer, uh, playing quarterback for Tulane now. Had a pretty good week. I mean, he didn't play very long against FIU, but he you know, threw for 200 yards, ran for their 50, three touchdowns. Um, if you contain him, you contain the rest of the offense. Mm. I mean, he, he does have SEC pedigree. He was a good enough recruit to go to sure. LSU. Um, yeah, that that's what you're looking for. Okay. I don't. They don't really have any, you know, NFL prospects or anything like that. Nobody standing out on the defense. Um, they're going to be aggressive. I think you kind of got a. They may have gotten a blue uh, a blueprint from Oregon. You know, sure. Quick you got to try and beat up the Auburn offensive line. You know, I have a, on I have a lot of faith that we'll we'll be able to wear. Them out. I think so. This is but, one where you see both of our lines of scrimmage just kind of leaning on them. Yeah, I, I think I, honestly, I mean, we all have watched Gus Malzahn teams. That's what his teams do. They're, right. they're going to be better conditioned than the other guys. And over the years, I think many teams have caught up in conditioning. But um, if you can go out and beat the Oregon Ducks up, I, I know Chip Kelly's not there anymore, but they're still a yeah. fast-paced team. Uh, if you can go and wear them out, I have I like our chances to be able to wear anybody out, especially, especially Tulane. Tulane, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think that we win this game. I think we win this game pretty pretty well. But I'm gonna let's end the pod on a quick over under, over under ten plays for Joey Gatewood, Chief. I'm gonna go under under ten points. Um, 
I'm going to go under as well because with Bo being the true freshman, he's going to get more snaps than a veteran would in a yeah. blowout. Yeah, I think I think we want to we want him to see. Joey his... might see more time against Kent State. Yeah, maybe, but I I just kind of think we want Bo out there as much as possible until. Um, We'll get into SEC play. If we can more. get him off the field early in an SEC game, I think. Yeah. We're going to. Got one more question though. Okay. Okay. Are we wearing white uniforms? Is this the? White I think out? so. This I, is the whiteout. I, th- I think they absolutely have. To they are they are pushing this harder than they have a lot of the other white uh, wear color games. Yeah. White shaders. I really, coming I really don't want to wear white. I don't know if I have a white Auburn shirt. I have one. It's an Outlive shirt. I think I've got, got a road cam jersey. That's oh, you know what? I have an Emory Blake jersey. There you go. But I don't like wearing the football jerseys because I think men in football jerseys look silly. Only if you wear a no shirt underneath it, then you look good. Then it's like, all right, that guy's hilarious. You, you got, got no shirt. Pull it what about, up the belly what about a wife beater? Yeah. Oh, even better. My only white Auburn shirt says we're totally a basketball school, and it's, oh. a, it's a scarlet and gold shirt. Maybe that's I'll wear perfect. That. Yeah. Perfect. Totally a basketball school. Perfect. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening again. We will be back next week to hopefully review our beatdown at Tulane and talk about home Auburn soccer wins. Oh, nice. Thanks and more, people. Love you guys. <laughs>